What up, podcast listeners? I'm Chris, and this handsome, distinguished, salt and pepper looking gentleman to my right is Dan, and we are glad you are here. Yes, we are. We are glad to be here for our second episode. Episode two, yeah! So, what's up, Dan? You good? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm Rona free. No more COVID for yeah, me. Yeah, that's good. I see you got your mask on. Mask, but no shoes. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, huh? this is a new style. Yeah, mask, no shoes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I don't want to spread any residual virus particles. Yeah, it's but just me and I, you out here, man. Yeah, but you never know. You could have a you know a stray wanderer yeah. Yeah. walking through the backyard what, every so often. Yeah, so we had a really good episode last week. You know, talking about seeds and, and the different kind of soil that, that we're in. And, and as Christians, we want to be in that fourth type of soil to where we're growing, we're producing fruit. And, you know, that made me think about you know, we're planting seeds, whether we realize it or not. We're sowing seeds. We're sowing whatever seeds. Whatever we say, whatever we do. Oh, right. And we're going to sow either good seeds or bad seeds. Whether we realize it, we are sowing seeds. And we should be intentional With about about these seeds that we have. And so good seeds you know encouraging people that that we come across and, and always taking every opportunity to encourage people and tell people about the love of christ that's in us yeah good good stuff man yeah good stuff so i mean i think we got even better stuff here in episode two so you ready to rock and roll yeah man maybe maybe we can be a little less awkward this time feel more comfortable uh, yeah maybe <laughs> we'll see so button button man let's get it so chris i was thinking what if we had a time machine and we could go anywhere, anytime. Okay, you got one place to go throughout all history. It, it can be in your lifetime. It can be from the beginning of time. Where do you go? You got 10 seconds to decide. <laughs> you know, you put me on the spot. So, that's a good question. Do I go back to childhood? Do I go back to, you know, when I was a teenager and or a young adult and made certain mistakes or... Do I go back to the really, really hard Bible days and see how it works out? Yeah, see, that's that's my thing is is I think it'd be really cool to go back and see the miracles of Jesus. Right. And to be able to witness it, I think, would really solidify my faith. I mean, that would take out any questions I have because I mean, we got the Bible to read about. But what if we ended up being like Judas or something? Well, being like Judas? Yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, like, we, like, so, we'll so are we, like, are we going back in time and being part of the story, or are we just watching as an outsider? Both. Both? I don't I, know. I, I, didn't, I didn't think about, about actually being in the story. Yeah. Like, that'd be cool. Like, if we were both, like, 13 and 14? 13 or, and 14. Oh, 14 oh like, the disciples? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so we just get added in there. Like, we can change the history. Like, we can change the story. And instead of having 12 disciples, Jesus has... 14 disciples. Chris and Dan. Yeah, and, and we're like we're, we're the cool ones. <laughs> <laughs> or we could get, like, we could go into somebody's, kind of like Quantum Leap, you know? You ever, <laughs> yeah. you ever see Quantum Scott Leap? Scott Bakula? Yeah, Scott Bakula. <laughs> Man, I love Scott Bakula. <laughs> like, you know, you jump into, into, into some person in history. You know, yeah. if, you, if you accidentally jump into Judas Iscariot, you know? <laughs> yeah, whoa. Right, that, that'd be bad. That's bad stuff. Yeah. Imagine what it was like, you know, sitting at the dinner table, you know, and Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. Imagine how Judas was feeling. Yeah, so did he, I mean, I guess he knew he was going to betray him, right? Yeah. So, you know, imagine how he must have broken out in a sweat. Yeah. Avoiding eye contact. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like, like oh, oh, I dropped a piece of bread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look better, at the time. <laughs> I better go get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would have been really awkward. Yeah. Not really knowing what to say. Right. Kind of like, like right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where else in time would you go? I mean, would you go to the Bible time? Yeah, I think it would because, you know, I know what it's like these days. God do his thing. But I just can't imagine seeing Jesus, you know, like when we watch The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Like the people that were a part of, like the disciples and people, the followers of Jesus. I mean, they were so excited to be a part of it. Yeah. And I just think that would be. Yeah, that I think would be, be pretty awesome, cool. man. Yeah. So you're only there for one miracle. Like you're not there for a long time. Like this time machine has very limited resources. And you can only go see one miracle. So which, it's, which miracle? It's a rinky dink time machine? Yeah, it's just a rinky dink. You know, it's just a. Bobo. You know, it, yeah, it's just like All a te- telephone booth or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, it's nothing fancy. You know, I haven't gotten. I haven't worked all the kinks out yet. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, maybe one day we can stay longer, but for now, we're only able to stay long enough to see one miracle. Which miracle do you see? That's a good question. Man, it's hard to choose just one. Yeah. I would say. Mary, one that was demon possessed, because uh-huh. that is you're I mean, seeing that immediate yeah. change from demon possessed to fully in her right mind, right. falling down and worshiping Jesus. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That's to see. as big as it gets, pretty yeah. much. You know, going from dark to light. Right, and seeing that 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 immediate change. Right. What about yeah, you? I, I was thinking, I was going to say seeing Jesus walking on the water. Oh yeah. I mean, that's just defying. The yeah. laws of physics. That's a good one. And just just watching them and just trying to figure out, you know, how are you doing that? And then and then seeing Peter trying to get out there and doing the same thing. And wigging out. And wigging out. <laughs> and then just falling face first, you know, doing a... Wanting to go back. Uh, yeah. Hoping nobody saw him. Doing a nasty plunge. <laughs> <laughs> but like you say, there's just so many, man, good miracles. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see all of them. So in last week's podcast, we were talking about how God is in the business of changing people from garbage to gold. And we thought that we would make a a series of our podcast for the next few weeks about characters in the Bible, about how God took their lives and changed them from garbage to gold. So Chris, can you think of anybody in the Bible that that might apply to? Man, there are so many people. There's so many jacked up people in the Bible. But Saul comes to my mind. You might know him as Paul. Yeah, yeah, I know Paul. Yeah, I mean, he he wrote the majority of the New Testament. He was a model Christian. I mean, the model Christian, besides Jesus, of course. Right. So why would you say that he's in this list of God turning him from garbage to gold? I mean, he's always a good guy, right? Not so much. Not so much, huh? He wasn't always a good guy. He used to persecute Christians. He would hold people's cloaks for them while they stoned Christians to death mm-hmm. for believing in Jesus. I was reading how he, he was a Pharisee. Which was what, like Nicodemus, right? Yeah, that was like Nicodemus in the Bible. Like yeah, the he, old Jewish law. Right, yeah, they they were they were leaders in the Jewish church and they held on to the Jewish law. So these are the guys that are quick to say blasphemer. Right, yeah, they I mean they knew they knew the law and they stuck to it. I mean they were so rigid in the law that they would write new laws just to make sure that you're not breaking God's law in the Bible. So they kinda of get away from God really. Right, yeah. So they were more focused on the law than God to the point to where the law became their God. And so they had lost sight of 
who God really was. So in other words, they couldn't see the forest for the trees. It was a head thing instead of a heart thing. Yeah, they, they, they knew about God in their head, but they didn't know God in their heart. Which was what Jesus... That's what Jesus came yeah. for. A lot of people will miss heaven by 18 inches. It's the distance between the head and the heart. Because you know of God, but you don't know Him personally. Mm, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because you know, even around today, I mean, most, most people that you run into are going to know about God. And they say that they know God. Right. But it may be more of a head thing. Right. Don't cut grass on Sundays. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure my heart is in the right place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just because you're cutting grass on Sunday doesn't mean that, you're, you, that don't, you don't believe in God. Yeah, or don't have a relationship with right. Jesus. So, so Paul was a Pharisee. He was one of those guys who would say, you can't cut your grass on Sundays because it's Sunday. Right. So, he, so Paul thought that he was doing the right thing. I mean, he was serving God by following the law and trying to make other people follow the law. So for you know for Paul's from Paul's perspective, he thought he was following God. Right. So Paul and Jesus were around around the same time. Yeah, they were. They were. Um, uh, Paul was a few years younger than Jesus, but but theoretically they may have known each other. Now the Bible doesn't say that Paul knew Jesus when Jesus was still here on Earth, but I mean he was a Pharisee, and Pharisees studied in Jerusalem, and Jesus taught in Jerusalem on more than one occasion. He didn't like what Jesus was about. He thought he was just sorcery or something. Oh, right, yeah, they, they certainly didn't like Jesus. And yeah. and so you had these Pharisees in Jerusalem. Paul, I'm sure, was part of the mix who didn't like what Jesus was having to say because Jesus was saying that basically the law didn't matter. It was about a relationship with God is what mattered. Man, can you imagine that? Like being back in those times, I might have been like a Nicodemus or a Paul myself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and you know, I, I'm I'm naturally a rule follower, so I'll probably be a Pharisee right in line with Nicodemus and Paul. You would not be cutting your grass on Sunday. So if Paul didn't know Jesus, I'm sure that they had seen each other. I'm sure Paul would have heard Jesus preaching at some point in Jerusalem. Maybe been around the same place, the same time. Maybe seen each other at a red light. Yeah, but so so Jesus died, rose from the dead. His followers are now trying to spread the good news that Jesus is alive and creating an even larger following. Of course, Paul doesn't like this. He's mad. He's mad. He does not like this. So he's trying to... Nip it in the bud because he thinks it's wrong. They're not following the old laws. They're going with this new guy. And Paul was justified in his mind. Right. Right, I mean, he was he was doing what he thought God was wanting him to do by keeping the law and mm. and taking people out who, who weren't were trying to follow the law, who were a threat to the who law, who were a threat to the law. Right. So, how did Paul go from a guy that persecuted Christians to this guy who's writing in the Bible? Yeah, that seems like a a very extreme transition to go. You know, you're going in one direction and then you're turning completely around. You're doing a 180. And Luke records this. In the book of Acts, you know what it is? Acts what? 23, I think. No. Nope. No, not Acts 23. So. I'm pretty sure it's not. Because there's not an Acts 23? No, there's an Acts 23, but that's just not it. You told me it was Acts 23, and I looked it up, and it wasn't, <laughs> it, wasn't it. <laughs> Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, 
he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Paul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Well, so Paul was on the road to Damascus, and um, he was on his way to kill these Christians. But then he heard Jesus, and he saw a bright light. Right, he saw a bright light. Which probably wigged him out. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it said that, you know, because everybody on that road fell face down on the ground. And then Paul, you know, heard that voice said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And that was Jesus talking to him. What do you think his reaction was? Okay, 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 okay. I think he was probably thinking in his mind, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Jesus is real. <laughs> <laughs> I would think I would have this sense of dread coming over me because the very thing that you're going to Damascus for, you're trying to take out these people who are saying that Jesus is alive. And then Jesus talks to you. I mean, that's just got to be the worst feeling in the world. So he gets all his, his homeboys together, his buddies together, and he's like, road trip. They start going on the road. They're on the road to Damascus. And then all of a sudden they see bright this light. bright light. And they hear Jesus. Wow. So Jesus tells them, get up and go into the city and I'll tell you what to do from there. I mean, what else is Paul going to do <laughs> besides to do what Jesus is telling him to road do trip. at this point? And I mean, he's blind. Right. Right? It's not like he could still go and kill Christians because he can't see. I wonder if Saul recognized Jesus' voice. From maybe when they saw him. Right, be, because, yeah. because if Saul heard Jesus' teaching, then when he was on the road to Damascus and heard Jesus talking to him, it, it very well could be that that voice was familiar to him. Well, so, so what happens after that? But yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess he's at a crossroads in his life. He can't go back home because he can't... No. Because his job, I mean, his very job is to kill Christians. And Jesus has made it clear to Paul that he shouldn't do that anymore. He's going to do a monkey wrench in his plans, isn't he? So he, because he's, he's in charge. Yeah, it, he's pretty much in charge of this. Yeah, and he can't go back and say, hey guys, guess what? Jesus is alive. He's real. I mean, his Pharisee friends aren't going to like that too much. No, they're not. 
And so his only choice is to listen to what Jesus says and go to the city. And I'm going, I'm going. So from there, you know, Paul goes to Damascus, and, and God speaks to this guy named Ananias, and he says that I'm going to make Paul my messenger to the Gentiles. And so God uses Ananias to help Paul regain his sight. But Ananias didn't want to help this guy. No, he didn't. He's I like, mean, he he was afraid of him because he, you know, because he yeah was killing Christians, and he was like, yeah, if I go and talk to Paul, he may kill me. This could be just be a trick. It could be a setup, right? Yeah. So I think that's why God came and talked to Ananias. He spoke to him because otherwise, I don't think any logical person would go and talk to Paul. No. Paul made that complete turnaround, that complete one eighty. He was going in one direction. He did a complete U turn and joined the Christians, preached to cities everywhere, and told people about the good news of Jesus. And he ended up writing the majority of the New Testament. So God used Paul. God had a plan for Paul. The whole time he was doing all this awful stuff. God had a plan for him. God had a plan for him. And God has a plan for you. And God has a plan for me. God has a plan for everybody. He has a plan for our mess. In the middle of our mess, when we're still in our mess, God has a plan. And he loves us in our mess, but he doesn't want us to stay in the mess. Right. He's wanting for us to do that 180. Right. He's waiting for us to, to do that turnaround. He's patient with us. He is. God loves us. He wants to use us. He doesn't need us. Right. But he wants to use us. Right. And when he uses us, our faith becomes stronger. And he just wants to be in relationship with us. Right. I mean, he doesn't want anything out of us. He just loves us, but he will use us to help reach other people that he wants to be in relationship with, too. And he will use any situation, absolutely any situation. If he will use a killer of Christians, no matter what your situation is, he can use you. Yeah. He wants to use you. Mm -hmm. He loves you. So this is one of the many stories in the Bible where God used messed up people, just like you and I. So we look at Paul's life, and if we don't know his background, you know, we may look at him and say, I can never be like Paul. You right. know, we, can, we can read what he's writing and say, well, that's easy for you to say, Paul, but you don't know my life. You don't know what I've done. But, I mean, now after we've gone through and see Paul's history about what he used to be, we can really see that God can use anybody. Somebody who used to kill Christians, God is now using. And if he can use that guy, then he can use us. Right. I'm going to tell you, that is love right there. Yes. Yes, it is. See, imagine when Paul got to heaven, being greeted by the same people he persecuted mm. and had killed. Yeah. Imagine that. That's mm. the love of God. So good stuff, man. Good, good stuff. stuff. So I just want to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for being such a good, good father, for loving us so much. I want to thank you for your love, your power, your mercy, your grace. We want to thank you for the listeners. We want them to know that there is hope in you. Whatever their situation is, we lift it up to you. We know what you did with Paul, and we know what you can do. We love you. We praise you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We want you to know that you are loved, and there is hope in Jesus Christ. And no matter what you've done, God wants to do a 180 in your life. We'll see you next time.